Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. Current events, local, world news, and trending. This is Saturday, August the 21st at 9 a.m. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. First guest on the show, we have Jimmy out here coming on the Truckers Podcast. Well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. The weekend is finally here. It's going to be another sunny, hot day here in southern Ontario, Canada. And uh, so, I mean, get out there and enjoy. And as you know, um, basically a month of summer still to come. So now, you know, I want to talk about um, restaurants um, that that are facing um, employee shortage, you know, basically in the restaurant industry. Now, over the course of this pandemic, um, with restaurants being one of the businesses being closed to indoor dining, patio dining. From last March all the way up to, you know, really the beginning of, uh, well, I shouldn't say the beginning of July, but, you know, around the 16th of July when indoor dining um, again, was allowed to return. Patios reopened up. But where did the employees go? Why didn't they, you know, some return back to work or even most didn't return back to work? Found other employment, probably in warehousing, probably in manufacturing. Maybe went to work in grocery stores, maybe found other jobs, you know, working in pharmacies or whatever the case may be. Now, it certainly isn't, um, you know, competition. Now, I've noticed this myself with restaurants, you know, um, reopening up. They started, they started with patios, a limited number of people on patios. And then we eventually moved into indoor dining. Now, generally over the summertime, um, younger people, students, you know, this is their summertime job. 
and even after school weekend jobs. And like I said, for many, uh, they have totally uh, left the industry. So it may take longer for it to get your order. But things, you know, I wouldn't even really say that it's like that because I went to visit this one place and I haven't been there in many, many years. And um, last weekend, a little town here in Ontario called Blythe have um, this distillery, um, the Cowbell, and it is all about craft beers. It's really good food. It was really busy. Um, it was like an hour wait for a table for indoor dining or the patio. But the service was really good. Once you got your table, your hostess came over, um, you know, to make sure everything was great. And then your waiter or waitress came over and um, you got served. Now, over the course of this pandemic, you know, when with all the challenges across the country, having lost 800,000 jobs during the pandemic, we still have 230,000 jobs that have not come back. Like I said, they've got jobs in other areas, or in some cases, they're just not quite feeling safe coming back. Thank you for joining the show, Laurie. Appreciate it. Now, not feeling safe of coming back. Well, just recently here in the city of London, Ontario, where I reside, two restaurants in the downtown core think it was around between the two restaurants 30 people tested positive for COVID-19 that's not good for these two restaurants with the struggles all the trials and tribulations they have gone through through reopening closing down reopening closing down reopening Now, this individual who, who um, owns a restaurant, um, because of the shortage, this is his opinion, because of the shortage of, of employees in the restaurant industry, he thinks that the federal government should help by adding a separate food service stream of a temporary foreign workers program just like there is for agriculture. Well, maybe so. But, you know, temporary doesn't really fill the void. 
agriculture is a whole different industry. Coming harvest time, planting time, you know, seasonal, where restaurants are not seasonal. They're annual. Every single day. From lunchtime, dinner time, evening time, where people go out even to even to the bars or your favorite pub. Now, having these cases of COVID-19 happen to these two restaurants, um, unfortunately, I mean, they would have to close until they sort things out, clean the restaurant, everybody's got to recover and then come back to work. Now, I talk about how to survive the restaurant industry labor shortage. How long has that been around for? I mean, people come and go all the time, especially with, you know, students, you know, post-education, they're working time, they're working part-time to pay their bills. And of course, they're, you know, moving on to uh, what they studied in university or college. Now, with this pandemic that had, had, had um, ushered in massive change in the restaurant industry. And like I said, one of the hardest hit industries besides the tourism and other non-essential businesses, restaurants have really taken a beating throughout this pandemic. You know, in May 2020, the restaurant industry was down 5.9 million jobs. The number of restaurant jobs scheduled was down 75%, 17% of restaurant, 17% of restaurants closed for good and laid off employees and they had to find new ways to make ends meet. And now since July, back in the middle of July when they allowed indoor dining once again. You know, with everybody, all the guests looking to, or longing, as we could say, to get back to your favorite restaurant and looking to hire again, many are reporting serious challenges with finding staff in, in this environment. And the restaurants who are able to find and keep their staff and those who put their workers first with great pay and benefits, many are increasing menu prices to afford it. Well, you know, here in Ontario, you know, over a course of um, roughly, let's say, five to six years, the minimum wage has been going up. The minimum wage here in Ontario is $14 an hour. Now, it was scheduled um, three years ago to go to $15 an hour. 
and the new Ontario government come in and put a stop to that. Now, the average wage working in a restaurant, depending on experience, is anywhere from $15 an hour to $20 an hour. Now, with an industry such as restaurants, when minimum wage was going up, they were the first ones to complain about an increased pay. But now, in the shortage in this industry, they're coming out and, of course, looking at better pay and benefits because you never got benefits working in restaurants. Couldn't afford to pay benefits working in restaurants. So they increased their, their food, their, their, their menu prices to afford it and, and being, transpa- uh, being transparent with their customers about the reasons for these changes. Well, if you want to pay more people money and you want to have and, and give them benefits, then, yeah, I mean, the logical thing to do is to increase the menu price. Whether an item goes up a dollar fifty or two dollars, whatever the case may be, you know, is that going to be enough in order for people to come back or more people to get into the food industry? Now, of course, you know. It's got to be good food. It's got to be great service. You've got to have a good team or there's no restaurant. Now, <clears throat> of course, you know, the, the labor shortage. Well, we know this pandemic was no help. And not just like the restaurants, but other non-essential services haircutting places, gyms. Um, you know, when, when, when we had all these closures and the big box stores were able to make record profits throughout this pandemic. Whereas they could sell all non-essential items in the big box stores, but all these other non-essential businesses couldn't sell their wares. It didn't even make sense. Now, how many people, or the as the interest as the industry is recovering, you know, of course, with the restaurant employees have left the um, left the industry for good, and now. Reasons for that was the low wages, no benefits, no room for growth, an industry instability have long contributed to the injury's high turnover rates. Well, you're not going to work in a restaurant for $30 an hour. 
They're not going to pay you that kind of money. Or $25 now, they're not going to pay you that kind of money. Semi-retired, retired people, you know, who like to get out there um, and find something to do. Um, will go to work um, in the restaurants. Now, recruiting new employees, they're talking about that it's been a difficult task because the restaurant industry has earned a poor reputation for workplace quality. It's famous for high stress shifts in hot kitchens with few employee benefits and of course the low wages. And it's always been like this. And these longstanding issues have had an impact on workplace satisfaction in both front and back of the house. Now, They talk about how the labor shortage could affect your restaurant. Well, if you're not getting the staff in there and you're not getting good staff in there, they're getting poor service. You're not going to last long in the industry. Now, labor shortages aren't impossible to navigate, but they do require some creative thinking. Patience and a hearty scoop of time and energy. Now, of course, the managers and the restaurant owners, they have to be prepared to shift their thinking and to do a, uh, to do a degree in their business to attract and hang on to quality employees. Wages, like I said, has always been the problem. Benefits. I mean, myself, I don't mind, you know, going to a restaurant and paying a few more dollars for an item off your menu. I don't mind that at all. As long as the wages are going to the employees and a decent wage tips. And of course you add in the benefit factor to have benefits. That sounds attractive. Now with wage increase, and paying out benefits, profit margin, they're saying the profit margins um, could shrink. Well, they're gonna shrink somewhat. But if you have good service, quality food, entertainment, you know, it really, the profit margins 
shouldn't really shrink that much. I know when the minimum wage went up to $14 an hour and businesses were com uh, complaining that, that that minimum wage is too high, it's going to cut into their profits, you know, for a small business owner, restaurants owners, you know, stop trying to live like the Joneses. Stop trying to live like the 1%. Living, even even business owners, small business owners, restaurant owners are living beyond their means. Uh, it means I have a small business or I have a restaurant. You know, that means I can have the biggest house on the block. I can have the five, five, five car garage. But I'm only going to pay my employees the minimum. No incentives, no benefits. So it's either it's either profit over keeping your doors open. Well, which one do you want to choose? I would think I want to keep the doors open. Maybe cut back on. You know, what I do with my profits. And maybe, you know, for, for restaurant owners and small business owner, maybe take a cut and pay yourself. And of course, you know, see restaurants... You know, they hire, um, you know, they look for the younger people, the students. Um, and like I said, you know, retirees um, are looking for something to, to do. So they'll go and, and work in the restaurant industry. And the staff could leave for something better, which they do. Now, for those who rely on the service industry for their primary or sole source of income, it's unfortunately normal to work long days and late nights and only to barely reach the poverty threshold. Excluding the tips, the average annual wage of a restaurant employee hovers between $11,000 and $27,000 a year, where servers at the lower end of the scale and the chefs at the top. Now, today's restaurant staff are motivated to pursue opportunities that offer competitive compensation, mean, meaningful employee benefits, work perks, and a safe, supportive working environment. Now, if your restaurant offers front of the house staff standard minimum wage plus tips, and your back of the house slightly above minimum wage, staff might not think working at your restaurant will provide them with a paycheck that covers the bills. And thanks to the COVID crisis, 
many longtime industry workers have chosen to leave the restaurant industry altogether. Well, with things getting, you know, here in Ontario, ladies and gentlemen, we're only in stage three um, of the reopening plan. Um, here in Ontario, um, we have enough citizens vaccinated at this point in time to lift all restrictions. The top doctor here in Ontario has decided not to do that. So limitations in places of uh, businesses, including um, restaurants of how many people can dine inside, depending on the size of your square footage of your restaurant. Not all restaurants are the same. Now they talk about how to overcome the labor shortage and keep your restaurant running. Now today, a few restaurant managers have the luxury of kicking back and watching resumes roll in. Instead, they're actively sourcing from unlikely places and designing incentives and benefit programs to prove restaurant work isn't just a job, but a career and a good one at that. Double down on staff retention. So you have your existing staff coming back as you reopen. Right? And are never more vulnerable than when you're in the middle of a labor shortage. Replacing hourly employees is already costly. And when there are fewer job seekers in the market for new opportunities, the time spent, money spent, and revenue lost from hiring adds up. Because we get a higher at cost of retraining. Uniforms. Now, besides existing employees, your existing staff each have their own opinions on what's great and not so great about working in your restaurant. Ask your employees their feedback and come up with an action plan based on common things you hear mentioned from your patrons. Employee loyalty, a loyalty is earned through transparency, honesty, appreciation, and respect. Now, does that does not, not go in basically in any job? So why we have company meetings. It's not my way or the highway. If you are a team, then you work together, you succeed, you win. 
Now, like I said, in meetings, start conducting one-on-one meetings regularly with each of your staff members. Not only is this a great way to gather feedback about your workplace, but it leaves staff feeling supported, helps solve problems before they grow, and show your staff that you care about them and their career path. Feedback from your employees is very important. They come there on a daily basis. They open the restaurant. They close the restaurant. They do their shifts. And it's also important to that the employees talk among themselves, giving feedback to one another. Reach out to your community. If you have friends with teenage kids, see if they're looking for part-time work or a summer job. Create an employee referral program that motivates your staff with rewards for success, referring their friends, family, and greater networks to open staff positions. You can also consider opening this to the public. Put a small print out in the checkbooks on tables and a takeout orders offering a reward like a free meal for any referred candidates you successfully hire. Now, the other thing too, ladies, you know, restaurants, you know, shake up your business model. From, you know, the gratitude, um, free and restaurant co-ops to open, um, book management and profit sharing. There are several non-traditional non, uh, employment models available to restaurants. Um, finding their existing staff managed model, you know, staff manageable model isn't attractive for potential employees. Open book management is a popular, is popular among restaurant owners and staff because it, it, it engenders a culture of ownership and empowers your employees by showing them exactly how the restaurant is doing and how their work impacts the results. Because you really want to have really good people. You want to have happy people. You don't want a waitress or a waiter coming up to your table, chewing bubble gum and blowing bubbles while they're taking your order. Taking care of your team Take a look, and if you do have restaurant employee benefits 
and ask yourself, are these benefits enough to make my restaurant a top choice for prospective employees? You know, benefits don't come cheap. The employee pays a premium and so does the employer. Health insurance, profit sharing, on-the-job hospitality skills training, the flexibility to pick up on-call shifts, year-end bonus. And even a free shift meal. And why not? And also to take advantage of the technology. Technology like Tosco and Order and Pay can help increase efficiency while working with uh, fewer employees. Technology like these, I don't know, is it going to streamline the, the dining experience? Your guests can order and pay at their convenience while decreasing the amount of servers you need on the floor and increasing average check sizes. And while guests are, are doing the ordering themselves, servers can focus on the hospitality aspects of their jobs, talking to and connecting with guests, giving menu advice and checking in on the meals. Well, I guess you just like have like online ordering in the restaurant. And you don't need that waiter or waitress to come up to the table and take your order. I'd like someone to come up to my table and greet me and be friendly and take my order. If I wanted to order it myself, I would just do online ordering. Either you skip the dishes or whatever food delivery service or go pick it up myself. I'm not going to go into a restaurant and sit there and order electronically from the table I'm sitting at. So for these restaurant owners and even the guests, us, how do you feel about better pay, benefits, being able to go and talk to your manager or even the owner? and give your opinion about how things could go better in your place of business. Hopefully over the course of this summer, going into the fall, 
Um, you know, they're already talking about the fourth wave of COVID-19. Hopefully, small business, restaurants, non-essential businesses can stay open. We don't roll back from stage through uh, from stage three to stage two, back to stage one, and ultimately shutting down again. We don't want to see any of that. What the top health care officials are concerned about, and it has you know shown over the course of time, over the fall and winter cases of COVID-19 has increased dramatically. So get out there, ladies and gentlemen, roll up those sleeves and get a shot. Do your part. We've all made sacrifices throughout this entire pandemic. We want to be able to move forward. We want to be able to stay open. We don't need any more businesses closing their doors. Whether it's your nail salon, your barber shop, including our restaurants, our our you know, tourist industry has also suffered throughout this pandemic. And now since I believe it was August the 8th or 9th that Canada has reopened their land border to fully vaccinated Americans only How much of an impact is that going to have on the tourist industry being that we're already three quarters of the way through this year? And it probably isn't going to show a lot of difference. But at least we have made it this far. But on the other hand, the United States is keeping their side of the border closed for another 30 days. Probably a good idea at this point in time. With the case increase over there in the United States of approximately 156,000 cases on a daily basis. And I'm sure that the tourism industry on the US side is really hurting. So get out there Ladies and gentlemen, roll your sleeves up, get the vaccine so we can get out of this mess. 
can get back to our everyday normal lives. Thank you for joining me this Saturday morning. I appreciate you coming out here, taking the time out of your morning to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. Enjoy your weekend. Take care. 